When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel name. Hello and welcome to episode 34, season 10 of the Fighting Cop podcast. Today I'm joined on the line by Ricky. How you doing, mate? All good, mate. All good. And we got to Trunk or Jack Hussey. How you doing, Jack? Good, thanks, boys. How you doing? Really good. You're a host of the Royal Roos podcast. I am indeed. Yeah. Well, co co-host with Raj Bangs. Well, I, I get yeah. that. Got, but got to I, give a shout out to Raj. Of course, of course. But when I'm listening to it, I'm like, "There's only one daddy in this relationship, and uh, it seems like it's you." <laughs> So you're trying to upset the apple cart now, are you? Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to get in. I'm setting like traps for the for our opposition podcast. Um, you also produced a, a a monolithical YouTube video, which you released, uh, was it at the end of the... No, it was um, last week called Spurs Wipe 2020, which is like a Charlie Booker-esque look at the Spurs season, the calendar season from the 1st of January to obviously the end of last year. We're going to come on to that because it's, a, a, it's an incredible piece of work, Jack. It must have taken ages. And we'll talk about how you, how you created it and what your vision was and, and whether you were pleased with how it's been received and all that. But before then, we've got to talk about Leeds, boys. Um, in a nutshell, just give me, give me your, your feelings about, uh, about the game. Jack, if you go first. Well, I mean, you know, at least Leeds won the entertainment, didn't they? You know, that's what you got. To, that's what you got to give them. They are the hipster darlings of football, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, if if only if only we could be that fun to lose three 0 like it'd be it'd be quality. I was curious about how you what what your position on Bielsa would be. I wasn't sure which way you you would lean. 
Or is that just because he's, you know, because he's an old Argy like me? Is that it? <laughs> that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I, th- I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you'd be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of his, his, you know, sort of Gambit style football. You know, it's um, mercurial but effective to some degree, an absolute horror show on on another level. But I just thought you you might be a bit of a Bielsa sort of fanboy as well. I don't know why. No, I mean, look, it's it's entertaining. You can you can see he's obviously been inspirational to people like Pochettino, Pep, to Simeone, but it doesn't mean that he is objectively great, though. You can see from his career that he's not really actually achieved that much, you know. And I don't I don't see why you you can't have two kind of contrasting thoughts. You can you can appreciate what he's done and what his vision is. But you can also accept the fact that he hasn't really managed to achieve anything by it. Yeah. Um, so so I, don't, I don't see why you just have to blindly kind of accept that he's the greatest kind of manager that never was, in a way. You know, because yeah. that's that's sort of what the what the rhetoric feels a bit like, doesn't it? That if you if you if you don't appreciate it, then you. Somehow, creating, and I, I get the I get the irony, right? We kind of we sort of the whole mo of the Tottenham is supposed to be that you know it's not about waiting for the opposition to die of boredom, but at the same time, winning games isn't that fun. Like not winning games isn't that fun, is it? So no, there's a happy medium somewhere. But it, my it, my issue, just for a record, because I, I don't want to come across as sort of gammon anti Bielsa. You know he's a myth because he play. He's all kind of tactics and his football's so flamboyant and that. And I appreciate it. I really do. I'd much much rather watch Leeds play than watch Burnley or West Brom play. But by the same token, I'd much yeah. much rather play Leeds than play Burnley and West Brom because they're easier to beat. Much much easier to beat. Or West Brom probably the the, the bullshit in that comment. But certainly Burnley over the years. Um, and my problem isn't with Bielsa and the way he plays football. It's lovely. It's great. My problem is the absolute wankfest that's going on around the club at the moment. 80% of that com- um, commentary uh, against Tottenham was about Leeds and how great they were. Glenn Hoddle gave the man a match to Leeds' philosophy. What is going on? What world are we living in here? We, we spanked them 3-0. It could have been 6. What What is going on, Rick? I, I, I don't know, mate. Well, uh, you know, I get that. It's you do know. It's thrilling. But um, I, I can't understand why you can't call out, you, you can't call them out because they've lost 3-0. They got dicked. Like, there is no way of looking. And like you were saying, it, it could have been five or six. There, there, were lo- there were loads more chances that we had that uh, we could have, should have converted. And, and maybe they, they had a couple as well. But um, it is it's it's impressive and it's great and you can you can you know really sing about it when when you're winning because ultimately that that's what you're there to do and under the season I can't bloody remember it now maybe 2017 18 you know where we were undefeated at home and we had the the gold trim um, under Poch that was it. Yeah. Um, and we were imperious. We were absolutely amazing. And we played to um, that kind of philosophy. But it kind of like lasted from playing at that intensity. It was about 18 months. 
probably maybe two years. And like you playing at that level, nothing lasts forever. So playing like it at the championship and then coming up to the Premier League, it's not, it's not, it, the bubble's going to burst. But you have to be able to call those that when you when you do get spanked, you have to be able to call them out. So when when Spurs were playing, uh, you know, brilliant attacking, entertaining football, and we got beat. You know, we were hauled over the coals for it, like bottle it. You know, as as Potch got the minerals to do it, as the players and stuff like that. But when Leeds have done it, it's like, well, yeah. you know, they're entertaining everyone. Like, let let's give them even more love. A lot's been made of like Pochettino and Pep Guardiola's sort of fanboying of of Bielsa, right? But what they even if they took on parts of his philosophy, they took out all the shit bits, like all of the bits that made them. They they must have made fifteen errors. In, in, in defence. And that wasn't because they, these players are poor players. They're professional players in the Premier League. They can play, play a pass straight. But because they've been asked, the defence has been asked so much of them by Bielsa's gung-ho uh, uh, forward-thinking football, that of course they're going to be mistakes because there's no options available to them because half the team's just fucked off up front. <laughs> it's um, I, Look, we're doing it as well. We're talking more about Leeds than we are talking about Tottenham. It's just the only reason we bring this up is because it's so boring hearing it. Like, Man United could have scored 12 against them. Like, it might be exciting football. It may be revolutionising football or, or, or what you can do with lesser players. But there's, there's a Man City player in there in... Um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Harrison. Um, uh, the, the lad in midfield. Fuck, I'm, I'm really butchering myself here. What's his name? Uh, the case with the haircut. Boys. Uh Calvin Phillips. Yeah, Calvin Phillips. He's a quality player, right? He's good. They have got good players there. Bamford banging in goals. So, um, look, I appreciate the football. It's not about Bielsa and it's not about Leeds. It's about the absolute media darling wank fest that's that's going on, uh, and it just uh, just gets my nerves. So I just wanted to get that off. No, no, I'm glad. Look, I'm, you, I'm glad got... because um, we pumped him three 0 So have that. Cheat Town Spurs. You got. Sorry, mate. Go on. I was just going to say, you got David Foster Wallace that wrote Infinite Jest, which everyone says is like the greatest book that's ever been written, but no one's ever fucking read it. It's about 15,000 pages of absolute waffle. Just read <laughs> Da Vinci Code and get on with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so true. I mean, there is an argument to say that if they had better players, maybe the system would work better. But Bielsa's had better players before and, and achieved nothing in terms of trophies. Like, Poch... Po- um, Pochettino gets dragged over the coals for not winning a trophy. Bielsa hasn't done it in 24 years of managing or whatever he's, he's done. <laughs> Before Leeds, he couldn't even hold down a job. He's like a bum going from one club to another. Anyway, look, I'm not attacking him. I've got, I've got to keep stressing this. I'm not attacking Bielsa. He's fine. He's great. He's brilliant. It's just a wank fest. Uh, Cheetown Spurs, he says, someone tell me the difference between... Now, I think I think Cheetown Spurs has gone too far the other way here, right? Some Someone tell me the difference... Uh, the difference between Bielsa and the 2014 Tim Sherwood. We played open football, could beat the lesser teams by three, but would get absolutely brutalised by the likes of City, Chelsea, Liverpool. Uh, sounds a lot like Leeds. Uh, you're a big fan of Sherwood, Jack. Do you want to answer that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can I, can I, can I say the difference? Um, I suppose Bielsa, I guess, probably has his coaching badges. Sherwood didn't have those, did he? Or did he? I think he did actually. I don't know. I might be doing. I might be doing Tim a disservice. eh? (laughs) I I would say 
out of the two, Bielsa's probably the better coach. I mean, you know, he's he's doing wonderful things with a lesser squad, albeit getting similar results to Tim Sherwood. But Tim Sherwood had Spurs, I guess. Doesn't so, have yeah, gilets. Doesn't have gilets, indeed. But Sherwood doesn't have... Mate. Sherwood doesn't have a bucket. Um, Bergwijn penalty. Let's move on to the actual football. Uh, what, what did you make of that when when you first saw it? Because um, that that was the, the the kind of the goal we needed in order to make Leeds go even further forward. Thinking a good ball into into the box. Uh, Bergwijn did well. What, what what did you what did you make of that? Was it a penalty, Jack? Uh, I mean, if I'm being honest now, I, th- I think we I think we got a bit lucky with that. Really? To be honest, I thought the yeah, I thought the contact was outside the box. I've, it was contact, but I thought it was a free kick, really, personally speaking. So you know uh, more than VAR then, Jack? Yeah, you can see, you've got computer, computer eyes. You can see what, what they can't. Is that right? I fucking know everything, mate. <laughs> right. Well, revolves around me. That's you know what, I mean? <laughs> uh, what about you? You thought it was soft? Uh, I, I think it was definitely a foul. Yeah. And I am going to agree with Jack. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually, when I, I watched it back and I thought it was uh, the trailing leg that got hit and most of uh, Stevie's body was in the, pen, the penalty area. and But I thought the the initial contact was on the outside of the box. So when it went to VAR, I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. And then they gave it and I was like, sweet. I, I didn't so have I, that feeling at all. I just thought, he's, like... I don't know. The, the entire body was in the ball. There may have been a call. Obviously, VAR looked at it, but I wasn't. At no point did I think this is going to get overturned at all. Not at all. But really? you know, take it, though, boys. Take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, T put the run orders together. This will cheer you up. Uh, he's made three points that he wants us to discuss, but I'm not sure I want to. Uh, Lucas Moura scored one Premier League goal in 2020. Bervine has zero in 27 games. Uh, in other areas, he was very impressive yesterday. He does add as a caveat. Uh, Bow one goal on his return. Lamella last Premier League goal in September 2019. Delhi in March. Lacelso one Premier League, Premier League goal since joining. Good. Um, not sure Pathetic. What, yeah, yeah, I mean, I get him no, out. Come on, man. You've get got to, You've got to be supporting Kane and Son. They can't do it on their own. You've got yeah, to like they're doing. They're doing the job. In. Like, well, no, just play yeah. play in a way that ensures that Kane and Son get the ball. As much as possible, but I think they have to weigh in with some goals as well. The thing, let's be fair, let's <laughs> just be score, fair. score some goals as well. I think, um, I think, uh, I think, regardless who we be, if we were even to sell those three players and Bowler doesn't belong to us anyway, Bervine and Mora, I don't think it would change much whoever we brought in. I think the system is so suited to using the unrivaled brilliance of that partnership that as long as they're together we don't really need another we don't need anyone else to chip in as long as they're scoring goals if one gets injured then things need to change very quickly but as you saw the stat we scored they've scored 13 goals between us between them you know in terms of the combination um that's already matching Shearer and Sutton's record that stood well what that would have been what 20 years 20 20 20 odd years um I was so, going to say with with that with those players that you've just uh, listed. I, I mean, I am um, I've de- definitely kind of like called them out that they need to uh, assist more, they need to score more, 
But uh, thinking of what you just said then, um, I think it could be a, a fair thing to say that maybe the way they're being asked to, to play um, isn't as conducive as to to be on the front foot all the time, to, to kind of come back. And if, we're, you know, the uh, opposing players' uh, wing-backs are getting forward, then it's not just our wing-backs' job to pin them back. It's also for them to come back and to cover um, so, like, um, also when when our right wing back goes forward and Sissoko normally comes in and covers, when their wing back when the opposition wing back comes over, um, then it's our one of our wingers to, to come come back and tuck in. So while they're doing that, and we are, you know, this more defensive, uh, resolute unit, when we're breaking quickly, maybe they're not in a position where you would normally see them, where they're just upfield waiting to receive the ball. So I think it could be a bit of both, really. Jack, what do you make of... I um, think like you were saying, yes, all right. Well, I was, was going to say, what do you make generally of our, our, our defensive performances and, and, and the way Jose Mourinho has gone about things and the fact that we do rely on on Kane and Son so much? I don't, it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because like Mourinho is, is such a divisive topic. I mean, my sort of my line in the sand on it really is I'm happy when Spurs win and I don't like it when Spurs lose. You know, and it it seems to have just at the moment the conversation seems to be so far beyond that. It's so entrenched in all these different things that if you celebrate Spurs winning, you're somehow celebrating Mourinho or if and vice versa. But at the end of the day, if like Spurs are getting results, then I think the world is generally a better place, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been, there's been a few times where, yeah, I think like the Wolves game in particular is kind of probably the time when I was pretty kind of pissed off with him. I sort of felt that he's, you know, I think he'd, he'd obviously either he'd. I, you know, I can't imagine he said I'll only try and score one goal away at, at Molyneux, but still, we were set up in a way that wasn't particularly expansive. We weren't really kind of looking to do anything other than hope that Wolves would come at us like the Wolves of last season. Um, and when it sort of transpired that they were, were probably going to play us in a more measured fashion because, you know, lo and behold, Nuno isn't an absolute sort of idiot that would play into our hands we sort of came up short and then he sort of threw the players under the bus a bit after last week. And it, it, it did annoy me a bit, but if, if I'm brutally honest, I think a lot of the kind of chat around Mourinho and just how negatively we play is massively overstated. Mm. You know, I, I do we like, do we have an over-reliance on Kane and Son? Yeah. But, I think most kind of managers that have two players of their calibre in the sort of form that they're in would as well. Like, you, you, you haven't really heard people last season say that Klopp had an over-reliance on Salah and Mane, but Liverpool, for my money, last year, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them, but they kind of what finally got them over the line in the league, for my money, is that they played a much more pragmatic style of football that wasn't quite as pleasing on the eye as like the year when they ran Manchester City close. Um, and they were relying basically on the brilliance of Salah and Mane a lot of the time. Um, 
you could say the same about and the Champions League final as well that he developed a very pragmatic approach to that game and it, which won them won them the Champions League. And I, I, I get it. I get, I get why people don't like Mourinho. Um, but I think sometimes you just got to try and sort of get away from that. And a lot of it gets lost in the emotion of like how the games are unfolding. But as a lot of people are saying now, since the dust has settled, objectively speaking, one one away at Wolves isn't a terrible result by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's like in the last 10, before Leeds, in the last 10 Premier League games, the only teams that had more points um, than Spurs were Man United and Liverpool. So, we, you know, we're not doing that badly. No, we're not doing badly at all. But I guess it's like like you say, when you win, you can kind of defend the um, the system. And, and when, when you lose, it's a lot harder to... It's a lot harder to sort of look beyond and be philosophical about where we are because of the way we're playing, because we have Jose Mourinho as manager. We've brought him in so that we win things and anything less than that. But given the way we play, it's almost like it's hard to reconcile in your brain, but you have to as best you can as fans. Just take a step back and and, and wait for things to turn again. Like just before that run of four games without winning, drawing two and winning, losing two. We'd beaten Arsenal, Manchester City, and um, and Chelsea. And I don't know if you saw Chelsea, uh, Man City against Chelsea the other day, but they were fantastic. They're still a good side, um, mm. but we don't get credit for beating I mean, look, them because we 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 we're Tottenham and and everyone that we beat is shit, apart from Leeds, who are magnificent in their three 0 defeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was always going to be. This is the thing about Mourinho, though. He was always going to be a palate cleanser, right? Like we had this project, we had this big emotional five-year journey with Maurizio Pochettino that I don't think anybody wants to forget and nobody wants to devalue or whatever, but we all saw what happened towards the end of it. It it wasn't... You know, there's a lot of revisionism now. Oh, he should have been given more time. He should have been... It, it was broken. It was clearly broken. The Even the core of the squad weren't behind him anymore. You could see it. You could see in that Brighton game, even the likes of Kane... They just knew it was done. It was gone. And I think we were we were in free fall. The, the last half of the Champions League final season and the start of last season, Spurs were in genuine relegation form. We were we were bottoming out. We all knew Mourinho was going to be a palate cleanser. We knew he was going to be somebody who was going to steady the shit and probably get us back in contention to be where a club that's sitting in a billion pound stadium that's invested a lot of money should be, which is around the top four, uh, you know, and I, I just, I, I don't really see what people, we all knew what he was. We knew what it was going to be. We know it's not going to last forever. I think everybody knows that, right? He's, he's going to be gone soon enough. And then we probably will bring in that next project manager, whether it's Hassan Huttel or Nagelsmann or whoever, so let's just see it as like this is him sort of steadying the ship, getting a few people to grow up or clear, being the nasty bloke that gets rid of the, the deadwood or whatever else you want to call it that can see us be in a place to kind of carry on on an upward trajectory. I just, I don't, not everything needs to be contained completely within this moment that I don't like Mourinho, thus the whole thing's a disaster. That, you know, yeah. I think it's more complex. Yeah, know. yeah, for sure. Just want, want to move on from the Leeds game, but I don't feel like we've been positive enough about the display because we've been starved of any kind of attacking play. We've been starved of, of, of shots on target and chances created. And 
Rick, you mentioned something in the WhatsApp group. You said you enjoyed every single moment of that game. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, um, for, like, I just want to uh, mention the second goal. The uh, Kane uh, kind of he took on that player and then he whipped that ball into Sonny. Now, not only was that, the ball he put in is just... Like, it's wonderful. That, the vision... Uh, and to put it exactly where... And you knew uh, it was coming as well. Be. That's the beautiful thing about it. And then the way that it kind of had that awkward bounce and the Son just swept his foot behind it, like nine times out of ten, that's Rose Ed. And as soon as I saw that net bulge, I was just like, what a fucking goal. <laughs> like, it, it was just, oh, man. I, I, honestly, the, 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 the skill in the pass and the finish, how quick it was... Um, and it was just kind of as soon as we got that second goal, it was just like you just knew that there was no coming back from it. And um, throughout the game, I just thought we were uh, calm, measured. I, I felt like, um, you know, the way that they're going to play, they are always going to be um, pressing, they're going to be attacking, and they're not going to give it up to the last minute. But I just think we just kept them at arm's length. Yeah. Um, and we just forced them into areas where they didn't really want, you know, kind of where they where they couldn't hurt us, and and they were whipping balls in, and we were quite quick with um with our centre backs and our um left and right backs to to come back in narrow and to be uh, difficult and to get the blocks in and to you know just to um just be kind of a, a solid defensive unit, everyone together, and it. it you could see that uh, they were frustrated by it. But then as soon as that happened, we were very quick um, on the turn and in that transition. And I felt like the first 15, 20 minutes, I, I was a bit like, oh, God, man, like, my bum was going a bit. I was just like, I don't like this. I really don't like this. But then it felt like it felt like uh, kind of where uh, Ndombele was and where um, Winks and Hoibia where it felt like there was kind of like a, a bit of a gap and Leeds' midfield were just running riot. But um, we kind of uh, narrowed that gap and it felt like uh, Hoybier and Winks shifted up a bit or they were, you know, they, they were quicker in their press, wh- whatever it was, um, and kind of narrowed that gap. And from there, we were, be able, we were able to spring forward a lot quicker and be on the front foot and yeah. be more of an attacking unit, but still be um, quite measured about it and, yeah. uh, uh, and not overcommit but uh, that's what that's why I was just like really impressed with the performance loved it just it was yeah it was enjoyable uh, and and it was like one of the ones when you go to the game it was like one of the ones where you're just like every time the ball breaks forward it's like go on go on it's like one of them ones yeah a lot of it's been sitting back this season on and, and bits of last season which just been pedestrian sort of waiting for something to happen because we had so many opportunities we kept nicking the ball Leeds kept giving it away, but that wasn't just because Leeds being sloppy. Obviously, it was helped by the fact that Bielsa was so attack-minded. But the press in, 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 the, in the midfield from Oybier and Winks uh, was fantastic, which forced them to make these mistakes as well. So again, not enough credits going to, to, to Mourinho and our players to playing in a way that forced Leeds into making these errors. So yeah, it was just, it was fantastic. I want a special shout out to Eric Dyer as well, which just consistently continues to be superb. And I couldn't, I'd never have imagined it a year ago or even a bit longer. I'd never imagined it. I know that Mourinho rated him, but Mourinho obviously saw something in Eric Dyer that, you know, perhaps Pochettino didn't. And he's got 
twice the defender out of him than, than Pochettino did. And obviously Pochettino preferred him in midfield in any case, but it's clear. And, and playing out of position to some degree as well. He's not left-footed. And that left-hand side of the centre-back pairing, especially when you consider Alavero to probably be the more complete uh, centre-back. But Dyer's the one that's been trusted on the left-hand side of that centre-back pairing. And together, you know, I would have... I would, but the season started, I was adamant that we needed a new centre-back. We needed a new starting centre-back. But... We don't. Yeah, if they're fit, we don't. Anyway, we're moving on. Um, uh, we've got to cover the COVID thing very quickly. I mean, it's been they've been smashed to pieces. The players on um, Twitter, and you know, so they should be. They're footballers. They're idiots. I mean, I, mean, it's, I don't know what to say. They're they're, they're stupid. You know, they don't. I just can't they live outside that, um, of the way we do. Like there was, I think everyone knows someone or like. Christmas, New Year, whatever, people had um, either, you know, they had their mum around, they had someone around, whatever it might be. Um, but they, <laughs> this is just your average Joe, and they weren't not stupid enough to take photos and put it on social media. They also didn't invite 40 other people along with the, your grandma who's going to be on her own. And, uh, yeah, and, but like, I just can't believe that they were just so... Stupid. Obviously, they shouldn't have done it in the first place. No, no, nobody should have. They shouldn't have got caught um, either. But then, yeah, taking photos and putting it on social is just it's. I bet they're all tongue in each other idiots. as well. Just what fuck COVID. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> spitting, in spitting in each other's, other's mouths. mouths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spitting on each other and that. Merry Christmas. <laughs> in the kids' faces. <laughs> Come here. Uh, Philippe, <laughs> fuck COVID, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, a, a strict no washing hands policy <laughs> at the party. <laughs> you know. Yeah, all moisture needs to be kept on the skin for as long as possible. <laughs> just, along the walls, they're just gob, <laughs> just trickling down, <laughs> sitting at the dinner table, globules just running down the, the granddad's face. Everyone oh, coughing yeah. on the turkey yeah. right, before they start carving it. Everyone takes a turn to spit on the turkey. <laughs> uh, they did all apologise. Uh, some people forgot and forgave them. Some people didn't. I mean, we're laughing, but fucking, I am sick to death of COVID. And it's part of the reason is these people, isn't it? These people having parties and spitting in each other's mouths and sweating. I mean, all it the- weren't just the Spurs players either. There's like loads of people popping up, like just. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, like fucking having orgies and stuff, aren't they? That's what I'm saying. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, have a proper. Allegedly, well, uh, yeah, allegedly. But if, if you're gonna catch COVID, do it something better than just a Christmas dinner. Like visit a sauna or something. <laughs> so, I mean, have, have a bit of fun. Get sweated up. You know, lose lose something. Lose your dignity. Lose your. <laughs> do, do something you'd never done before. Not just a Christmas dinner with forty people. Bullshit. I'm not. I'm not having people die for that. I, I've got more respect for Carl Walker and Mendy than I have for the Spurs players who had their their family around. We just um, pops to PSG. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we at, boys? Do you give a shit about Pochettino returning to PSG? I, I tweeted something yesterday saying I've seen all the pictures I need to see. Not because it hurts me. It doesn't. I just don't care enough to people keep sending me pictures here's a picture of him shaking hands with Neymar brilliant they got Neymar good he's going to work with them he'll probably win a trophy 
Good for him. That's that's it. I don't understand why. I don't. Look, Nick Nick Nowin, He says, "Am I cynical, or heartless fan for feeling nothing when seeing Pochettino hold up a PSG shirt?" Jack, what, what's your take? Well, see, good luck to him. You know, like I'm. I'm the the thing I'm most going about is that we haven't seen him like what I personally. I feel that it would have been quite horrible to see him rock up at you know Arsenal number one when that got floated for a while. That that sort of tinged me a bit, and I thought, oh, could he be doing that as like the revenge fuck? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking our fucking our worst enemy, the and person then, in the office that we knew we hated after we broke up with him, and then like, putting it up on porn. You know. Yeah, exactly. You know, revenge porn. But as long as it wasn't that, you know, I sort of thought Man United. You know, you don't want to be going there, mate. Like, there's going to be. As much there's going to be twice as much pressure pressure on you there as there was at Spurs, and you're probably only fractionally more likely to win something at United than you are here. Like major in terms of what they would deem a success, which is Champions League or the Premier League. So go somewhere like PSG, piss the French league, maybe do all right in the Champions League. Fine, good luck to him. Like it, it's good. We can't can't dwell on it forever. You know, there's this kind of like fetishizing this idea that he'll come back to us one day and yeah great maybe if he does he does but if not it's it's not what we are now you know we had we had a, a great time with him and it's done and it it, it ran its natural course it yes. definitely did yeah so then you can't be you can't hold on to it innit? it's like a relationship when it's run its course you don't then hate her because she's gone on and met someone who's better looking than you do you? you just think, I don't, you know, I, I'm happy for you. That's what. That's all it is. Rick, answer this question from MG Johnson. He says, do you think Spurs will ever play PSG while Poch is there? More importantly, how, how do you feel if this happens? Do you feel anything? Nah, no, not really. I mean, like what I was going to say, kind of like what uh, Jack was saying. Um, I, I, don't, I don't deny any of, of when he was at Tottenham, how how influential he was. And like I said earlier, like the, the season where we were undefeated at home and a bit before and after that season as well, uh, it was an absolute joy watching Tottenham. It was it, the, the journey I make from Milton Keynes on the train <laughs> and like an hour and a half and in dark winter, cold shit and shit like that, that I've been doing over the years only to see us get done um, is horrible or play shit football or whatever. And to come away uh, go into the game absolutely bouncing and coming away absolutely bouncing. It was it was magical, honestly. Yeah. And to to you know toe the party line when we have the stadium build and couldn't buy players and this and that Champions League run and he you know uh, the new training uh, facilities, all of it and he built uh, some amazing foundations for the next um, not only for uh, the next manager to come in but to put Tottenham higher up that we kind of broke that glass ceiling of where we were and now we're a bit above that and I do put us up there with kind of uh, Chelsea City Liverpool and and I and I feel that we can stand proudly with them with the, everything that we have um but towards the end it you know it fell apart and I grieved then if if that makes sense so when I see him now with a PSG shirt and him being happy or whatever, yeah, it really I don't really feel uh, heartbroken by it. I don't feel any regret. I don't feel anything. I, I 
I wish him and his team the best. And when Tottenham play PSG, I hope we slap them all over the fucking shop. Do you know? Um, do you know? I don't give any. Uh, hope, hope doesn't do well. Jesus Perez. <laughs> like, do you not trust him? Don't trust him. I think he was a big part of the downfall because he does nothing. Doesn't know anything about football. It says on his Twitter bio, sports scientist. Anyone can put that there. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> He's best mates with the bloke who made it big. If at most he's a part of his entourage, and he sits there next to him, you know, on his the bench, thinking, "Thank God I met Pochettino that time in that sauna." Why does it keep coming back to saunas and orgies, (laughs) (laughs) spitting in mouths? (laughs) Um, Yeah, but good luck, Poch. Um, I hope it does well. Um, And I'll never look at you and won't think about that game against Brighton where they absolutely annihilated us. Um, (laughs) League Cup semi-final, Brentford, obviously big one. Uh, One game away from the final, the kindest draw out of the two, Manchester Derby on the other side, us versus Brentford on this side, Championship side. Inevitably, there are going to be issues with this game. It won't be plain sailing, will it? We're not going to go in there and beat them 4-0. It's going to be tighter than people think. Jack, do you think we should go full strength? Is it important that we prioritise this game over the Marine FA Cup game on Sunday or whatever we're playing? Absolutely. I mean, Brentford... I think I can only emphasise quite how strongly like we need to go full strength on this and without sounding arrogant, I know there's this whole magic of the FA Cup stuff. Marine are literally an eighth tier team. They're an eighth tier team. They, they have blokes that sit down the pub, do you know what I mean, playing for them. <laughs> it's behind closed doors. We should be, we honestly, we should be able to put out our under 18s and slap them double figures. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah, it, it, it just, it, it isn't a thing. This Brentford game is huge. Um, it's a massive banana skin. They're a very good side as well, to be fair. Yeah. And it's just psychologically speaking, this would be, I think, for the brand, for a lot of the players there, for some of the big players who probably have. Started to consider their futures, namely Kane Son. If we don't even get this over the line, a semi-final, that I think that's when people will start to think, you know what, it just ain't going to ever happen here. You know, yeah. it's it's a huge, it's a huge game. It's really massive. I do. I have. I opinion. would never feel this way, but I do have. I'm. T- I have tinges, tinges of nerves about it, or, or a bit of trepidation. I guess is the yeah. right way. Um. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You just got to go out there, and play. It's at home. Um, you know, we should on paper beat them, but you just don't know. Football's funny; anything can happen. All those boring cliches. Um, Lamella is unavailable. Rick Mourinho didn't disclose a reason, but we know why he isn't available. What was he doing? Just to remind everybody, on Boxing uh, Day, he was he was at a Christmas party, gobbing on each other, weren't they? Gobbing, yeah, gobbing on the turkey, eating the turkey. The man was gobbing up in the air and cashing it in his own mouth, and then spitting in the kid's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie oh, me! It's not funny, is it? So where is he then? What, what's he doing? Well, he's obviously been like so disciplinary. Injured? No, it's like you reckon you behave in that way? You do stupid things that endanger the lives of others. That you know, you, you, you got there's got to be some comeuppance. Isn't Who was it? on the bench? There was someone on the bench. Uh, Requion. Reggie, 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 Reggie was at the party. Yeah, but he's really good. 
<laughs> we need him. We can go without the middle of his Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, there are some double standards going on. It maybe yeah. has. It maybe he has COVID. Maybe that's what it is. Um, oh fuck's sake! God knows. I mean, who knows? Uh, Vladdy Fetish. He says, if we beat Brentford in the semi, who would we rather in the final? United or City? City could actually be the better side to suit Jose Mourinho. United are surely a lesser team overall. And when we inevitably lose the final, who would Jose blame? <laughs> um, City. If we get through, if we get through Brent- Brentford, um, would you rather have United or, or City? Jack, I'm gonna go. Oh, right, go on, go, 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 go. Uh, I am gonna say United because uh, I they're, they're having a, a great period at the moment, and I can't see it lasting until their finals April, right? Yeah, they'll be running I, for I the, can't, the Premier League. I can't see him riding high until they're till them. Uh, so I think I think they uh, they'll start to stumble. Uh, so I'll take them. But I mean, City against Chelsea just looked. Um, Scary. <laughs> they did, but the first fifteen minutes, Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea were all over them. Like they and, were and good well, and they were I clinical. Think... But and, and any team with that quality can can score quick goals. It can happen. But I know Chelsea got a lot of stick, but they they were they weren't awful. They can get at, at Man City. I actually spoke to a guy, Jack. You know him, Boovy, from the from ninety min, and he wasn't he wasn't as gushing about City as everyone else was. He's a big City fan from Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um yeah, what about I, you, Jim? Yeah. Oh, United, but I mean neither neither one's an easy game really, is it? They both got pedigree, they both know how to get something over the line and even though it shouldn't be because they're two teams that have been what assembled via hundreds of millions of pounds worth of investment, all the pressure's gonna be on Tottenham either way. So because of the know, narrative, but it, our last semi final yeah. loss was against United as well, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that was FA Cup though. Yeah, different. Competition. Yeah, I don't, don't care. I want. I want managed by who? And we were miles better than them then as well, which was annoying. Yeah, I know. Managed by Jose Mourinho. He knows how to. Uh, he knows how to get it over the line. Um, all right, we're going to do the. We've got. Um, we've got some stuff to do for William Hill and uh, a couple of little transfer bits and pieces, and then we have got the quiz. Uh, we've got yeah. Ryan on the line who actually. Just before, this is he's exactly what he said to me on Twitter. Uh, this is Ryan, who listens to the podcast, obviously listens to the podcast because he uh, he messaged, DM me to say, get me on the, qu- not hello, not hello, Flav, love the podcast. <laughs> um, you know, you know I, I really enjoy it, the free podcast that you get. You know, help me through, the, you know, that kind of, help me through the uh, lockdown, do a lot for me. None of that. It was just get me on the quiz, sharp nonce. I'll smash it. <laughs> <laughs> get me on the quiz, shark nonce. I'll smash it. Uh, and I couldn't. I mean, like, that's that's fun. rude. I love the energy. To be fair, get so, their attention. Yeah, yeah. On he, on he is. On he is. <laughs> Let's see how Billy Big Bollocks you are when it comes. Because everybody, everybody melts under the sun of the fighting cock quiz. It's the hardest Tottenham Hotspur quiz. Not that there's many to really compare. But uh, the hardest Tottenham Hotspur quiz on the internet or the podcast sphere. I, 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 um, I'll test anyone to prove that to be false. Um, Jack, Spurs wipe. It's an hour mm. and 10 minute long, as I said at the top of the show, monolithical Herculean YouTube video. Like huge amounts of work has gone into this. Explain why you started this and what you were thinking. 
Well, I just sort of thought, you know, there's a bit of a bit of a gap there for an old fat man to make some <laughs> YouTube content. You know, I'm sick of these sick of these Gen Zs with their mobile phones and their Twitches and their Fortnites, right? <laughs> Doing their reaction videos and that. So I thought, fuck that. I'm I'm having a bit of that. I'm having a, a piece of that pie. Um No, I just I, I had the idea before lockdown, I thought Brooker didn't do that, the wipe anymore. I've always enjoyed it. Um, and I sort of thought the the way in which I kind of over the past few years done sort of memes and all that sort of stuff on Twitter because it's easy to just sort of have that reactive approach on stuff. I sort of thought, well, what if I started collecting all these different ideas that I have that I just tweet out on the fly and actually just kind of condense it into one long thing that I can put out at the end of the year because, you know, it, it might be a bit more interesting, might be a sort of different approach, having a bit of a, a body of work, something that I can show off and be like, you know, it's really, this good. is, yeah, this is just sort of my staking the ground using a lot of the stuff that I do sort of professionally anyway. Um, and then obviously when lockdown came along, it, it kind of started to become a, a bit more real. It was a bit less sort of, pie in the sky as in like oh maybe i'll do this thing i've been sort of writing it but i'll probably just fuck it off at some point but then yeah covid happened lockdown happened i wasn't having to commute to and from the office every day anymore i had a lot more time on my hands so i thought go on then let's let's do it let's make it and uh here we are it's just it's basically a chronicle of the year it's 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 every important moment and game an event that happened inside and outside of football, but done in a completely irreverent and sort of Tottenham Hotspur fan self-deprecating kind of way. Uh, and it kind of just just nails the mood, I think, of the entire season. And what I found, my first feeling, the same way I had with the All or Nothing do- documentary, was I don't want to relive all that shit, like all the bad shit. I don't want to rel- relive it. But enough time passed and you approach it in a way that actually makes it really easy to, to, to look back at that season. So as while you see like, you know, those the plainest, most sort of look back at a season presented by Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, it was this game, then this game. It's really like a, like I said, like an irreverent look at, at the season. And I presume you're going to be doing one every year, right? Good. I, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it all depends on how this year pans out, like with work, with lockdown because i mean that's the thing I, I cannot escape from is the fact that i've got a day job um i've been able to do this i've been sort of granted the the opportunity the privilege to be able to actually have some time to to do what i want to do um whether that will be as realistic this year i don't know i mean I'll, I'll sort of start writing down ideas and things like that but you know we'll see i don't know yet rick, what, did you, know. what did you i'd make, love to what did you make of it rick I fucking loved it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. It's. I don't want to start uh, talking about the different snippets because I don't want to ruin it for everyone. Well, just tell us your favourite uh, bit. That the, the uh, Danny Rose song is brilliant, but also the the small part of uh, Son, and I'll just say Son and the Simpsons bit. Uh, fucking hell, man. I couldn't stop laughing. There was loads of bits, man. I was proper like laughing out loud. It was so funny. Um, but because I've known you for I fuck knows how long, Jack. It's 2003, I think it was. 
Jesus Christ. We've all known each other um, that long. Yeah, I know. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely mental. But Jack, how, like, because you were on on camera quite a lot, how did you mm. feel about, about having to be uh, the hostess with Mostus? He fucking loves it. We know him. <laughs> uh. No, no not, not with the camera, just on him. Uh, with his animations and stuff and getting the adulation from that, yeah. But the camera, just him doing in his presenting style, I couldn't imagine you would... That'd be something you were hugely comfortable with. No, I wasn't really. Like, when I first sort of thought about doing it, I... I was thinking, who could, who can I get to host this? Who can I get to host this that would do it well? Who can I get to host this that I would get along with? <laughs> uh, and who can I get to host this that I wouldn't have to pay because I don't have a budget or anything? Um, and then obviously, again, COVID came along and I couldn't get anyone to host it anyway. I, at first, I thought maybe I'll just do it as an audio thing. I can just narrate it, maybe put it out as a pod as well. But I just couldn't write it in a way where I could tie it together as seamlessly without having a host. So I just thought, go on, just give it a go. Um, and I filmed, I, you know, I filmed quite a lot of it a lot earlier on in the year. But when I started looking back on it, it was awful. At first, it was really, really bad. Like I was really kind of wooden and you could see I was really self-conscious and I just, I didn't like it. And then toward the end, I just sort of thought, fuck it, like, just stick it out of there. What was someone going to say? Oh, look how fat he is. Great. Nice one. Get on with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> have you had any of that, Jack? Have you had any abuse yet? Uh, I've been called, I've been called uh, Matt Berry's bastard son, which I don't mind so much. That's all right. It's because I've got the long hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's better than something like, I can't remember. I, I think I put something out years ago and somebody said I looked like Rick Waller. Do you remember Rick Waller? <laughs> Yeah, of course. I thought, fucking hell! Like, I know I'm carrying a bit of timber, but geez, he was about he was about he was about forty five stone. (laughs) You don't look like anything like Rick Waller. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, I I think it's fantastic. And if you want to find it, um, just type in Spurs Wipe 2020 in in YouTube. It comes up top top search. Um, Yeah. So you had uh, people been kind? Have they they said they liked the stuff, Jack? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, and I'm not even saying it in that sort of cheesy, faux, humble way. I've been genuinely humbled, overwhelmed, whatever you want to say, by the response. People have been fucking quality about it. They've been lovely. They seem to have really sort of appreciated just, I guess, having something like that that was... My main thing was to keep it fun, and that seems to have resonated. That seems to have sort of struck a chord with people that... It was just something enjoyable at the end of a shit year, both kind of in life and just for Spurs. Um, something for people to just enjoy and not really to have to take too seriously. And yeah, people seem to have really sort of noticed that, cottoned onto it. And uh, yeah, it's it's yeah been really sort of genuinely actually quite quite touching. Yeah, this I don't is really just, think there's a way to stay the, touching um... without sounding dodgy or something. <laughs> The different kind of uh, media you've used, like throughout, and like I said, that you're on camera for quite a lo- uh, for long periods, but you you had uh, some friends come in and help you out, which really kept the uh, variety of it and really interesting. So I just thought, and I I noticed a, a a young man's voice on there. I think it was spooky. Oh yeah. Um, 
the, the OG. The OG came in, I know. Um, so that I like because I had no, I had no idea, no idea. And then when I heard it, I was like, "Oh shit, boy!" But uh, no, it's quality. Yeah. I was just like, why didn't he fucking do in, that for us? That's what I was thinking. Oh, spook! Like, do some magic, more magic for us. How's he fucking helping them look out? That's what I thought. Well, we're gonna have to take it. Yes, up well, me and Spooky got a private, private arrangement. Evidently, I do. I, I've, I've got. <laughs> I've got, I've got to say as well, like, yeah, on that note, I've got to give a, a massive shout out to, to Billy T as well. Obviously, everybody here, you know, everybody listening knows who Billy T is. Mm. Um, he's, you know, written a lot of it, especially a, a lot of the, the, the actually particularly funny parts, as you can imagine, were uh, written by Billy T and everything. <laughs> I'd sort of script stuff out, big, waffling, morose kind of shite, scripts and i'd just sort of chuck them to bill be like make this funny mate and he'd sort of basically cut the scripts in half put in the actual funny lines and i'll be like all oh, right yeah that works now and then i just get to hoover up all the credit nice. you know what i mean it's nice. sort of it uh well he gets enough retweets doesn't he do you know what i mean like, Twitter when am i gonna get some when yeah. am i gonna get some recognition you'll stop upsetting people that's your, that's Let's start with that. Uh, oh, I just tell it like it is, mate. That's all. Yeah. Well, don't do that. Can't say nothing these days, can you? Um, yeah, uh, Billy. Congratulations, by the way, mate, on your baby. Wonderful, wonderful news. Um, okay, quick, quickly, uh, some odds from William Hill for the Brentford game. Uh, Harry Kane to have over two shots on target over ninety minutes was two to one. Uh, top price guaranteed five to two. Tottenham to win both halves, nice three to one. So Hunmin Son to score first uh, in uh, 90 minutes was 11 to four, is now seven to two. Uh, interesting one, little special. Uh, Pierre M- Emile Oibier uh, over two Lovely. tackles. <laughs> over two tackles and Matthias Jensen over one tackle. That's 23 to 10. Um, Hoybier just quickly has just be I absolutely love that guy against uh, against Leeds he did this thing where he's out wide and he just turned him like left there right left back for dead and played it into the box he nearly scored I think uh, Kane ended up whacking it over or something or wide but uh, how impressed have you been with Hoybier this season Jack? You know what mate I'm you know I I, I... I don't tell the party line on this one. I'm like, I, I like him, but what? You know, I, I, I think right. My my thing is, I think he stands out a lot because he's a player, a type of player we've lacked for a very long time. But I'm still not convinced he's like, as an individual, that brilliant. I'm just saying. Would you swap him for Ndidi? Um, I I don't really know. I haven't watched enough of Indeedy. But maybe he's he's quite good, isn't he? He's a good player, though. If I say something with a lot of enthusiasm, can you just agree with it? (laughs) 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 Harry Kane and Son uh, uh, over four shots on target combined. Not bad. Five to two. Harry Kane over two shots on target. Harry Kane to assist the goal six to one, and uh, Harry Kane, Hunmin Son, and Ivan Tony. Each over one shot on target, eleven to one. That's not bad. Ivan Tovey, Tony's um, it's been a bit of a revelation. Brighton have an incredible record, an incredible system of of, of finding players 
either in 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 like reserve teams or in youth development teams of of clubs around Europe or players that are unfancied in the first team or teams in the division players in the divisions below him and then get them into the side and just making it work and Ivan Tony has been on absolute fire this year I think he came from Peterborough um, they sold Ollie Watkins to to Villa signed Ivan Tony and it's just like nothing's changed uh, and, and they've they've made like th- 28 million in 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 the uh, in the offing, Ben Ram Ben Rama's gone to West Ham, done fuck all. Was it twenty five million for him as well? But amazing football club, Brentford. I don't know how they keep doing it. Uh, but obviously, sounds like a nineteen seventies club singer, that doesn't it? Ivan Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, ladies and gentlemen. Ivan Tony. <laughs> <laughs> We've well overrun, so um, we're going to. Uh, we have got some questions. Apologies to everyone who sent questions in. We might do. We might pick him up and do um, a little bespoke. Or impromptu uh, episode of the Fighting Cock just to go through all the questions uh, later in the week. Um, following the Brentford game, probably. Uh, just just a reminder for, for fans just to check out the William Hill uh, website for up-to-date odds. The closer the game, the better value you get. All right, it's time for to bring in Ryan, uh, who, just as a reminder, called me a shark nonce. I do like sharks. I don't know what... that, that, that I, I, I'm not sexually attracted to them. Um... This is becoming a. F- this is becoming a thing where people are like are, are like DMing me, going like, "Can you stop with the shark stuff? Because it's getting a bit weird." But I won't because it's been been an infatuation of mine since I was a kid, and it's getting worse. Um, I've watched loads of shark attack stuff recently. That that, that turns me on. That gets me going. You got to <laughs> react. If you don't make any noise when I say stuff like that, it just makes me look weird, boys. <laughs> Good, Rick. Good. Right, let's bring in Ryan. Back to get quizzical. Quizzical? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Think man are smart. Come and quiz. Think man are big. Come and quiz. Think man are you with the knowledge for this. Prove that ish on the FC quiz. Think man are smart. Hey, come we quiz. Think man are big. Come we quiz. Think man are you with the knowledge for this. Prove that ish on the FC quiz. Come we quiz then, bruv. Pussy. Yes, boys, you're right. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, like all, all the people who, who come into my DMs wanting to be a part of this this quiz, you give it a big and massively. Our, on yeah. average, on average, uh, how many do you get when you're um, when you're doing this at home? Mm, well, I always listen to it when I'm on the way back from work. Um, that's not the question. That's I'll, not the answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm all getting right. there. Right. Um, I'd probably say. Average about six or seven, maybe. Not bad. If you hit seven, I'd be impressed. Uh, the, yeah. the leader is Jimmy Riggle, who has nine, but as everyone knows, it's a nonsense result. Jimmy Riggle is a fraud. Uh, everything that he achieved in that quiz is null and void, and he's too scared to come back and face the actual quiz, the real quiz, which is the one you're about to take, Ryan. So Jimmy Riggle, full of record. Everyone knows he's a fraud. Um, and can't trust him. Just can't trust. Do not leave him at home with the kids. <laughs> um, not not like that. Just like you won't take care of them. You'll leave them in a bath too long. That kind of thing. Not nothing. What's wrong with you, lot? Um, I, I can't help but notice the the accent, Ryan. You're from the Midlands. Yeah. I, I yes, I am. Stinks of Solihull. Nah. Shit. Yeah, Where nah. are you from? Uh, near Coventry. <laughs> no one claims to be from Coventry, do they? No, no, you can't. You can never, never admit to that. They, they do turn the lights out at, at eight pm. All the street lights go out in Coventry at eight pm. That's a fun fact. It's, a, it's 
it's actually 12 o'clock in the morning, mate. Yeah, there's no, nothing to do out there. There's no reason for the lights to be on, so they save energy because there's nowhere to go. Anyway, whereabouts, out, just outside Coventry, let us know. I'll know exactly where you are. Nuneaton, mate, Nuneaton. Oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have asked. All right, no, not to worry. Yeah, um, definitely. So, Ryan, how long have you been Spurs fan? Uh, all my life, pretty much. All my life. Why, why are you a Spurs fan from Nuneaton? How, how's that worked? So, my dad was a Spurs fan uh, because of Martin Chivers. Okay, cool. Um, so, he followed Spurs ever since he was playing. Um, when he was seven, I think my dad was seven. Okay. Um, when first started supporting him. And then I just took it on, mate. Took it on. No, fair enough. All right. Well, you, you've lucked out, haven't you? Because it could have been Coventry City. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. All right. You ready to take this on? Yeah, buzzing, okay. mate. Buzzing. Here we go. Uh, number one, Hugo Lloris has made 276 Premier League appearances. He needs just 23 to become the most capped Premier League player in Spurs history. Who currently has appeared for Spurs in the Premier League the most times? Darren Anderton. Oh, yes. Darren Anderton is the correct answer. Do you know how many? You don't need to know this. How many did you say Hugo was on? Well, you'd be asked to do the maths in that case, but 276. Uh, 2886? No, not bad. 299, but it doesn't matter. You get the point. Um, two, How? Uh, who had a hand in five goals against Newcastle when we beat them 5-0 in 2012? He scored once and he got four assists. So 5-0 uh, against Newcastle, 2012. He scored once and he got four assists. Oh, fuck it. Don't answer, uh, do, you, do you know the answer? They've got confused faces. 2012. Yeah. I'm going to have to push you because it sounds like you're Googling it. No, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the Under Armour kit. Of he, was, he was in that. That's good. That's a good uh, process. Who was in that? Oh, I want to say Lennon. You, you want to say it, or is that your final answer? That is my final answer. I'm going to go Lennon. Incorrect. Emmanuel Adebayor. Number three. Can oh, you name oh. the four Cameroonian, Cameroonian players uh, to have played for Spurs in the Premier League? Oh, bloody hell. Uh, NG. Yep. Um, Atuba. <laughs> oh, I thought that's the one you weren't going to get. Yes. Uh, <laughs> fuck, now I'm struggling. Um, shit. Cameroonian. Nah, that's gone, Matt. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Basson and Asua oh. Koho. Oh. Oh. oh, so one out of three at the moment. Not doing too well, mate. You've got to be honest. No. I've seen better. Uh, which former <laughs> Spurs youngster made his first and last appearance and got an assist for Harry Kane's third goal versus Leicester in 2017? Before getting released, oh, I know who this is. Then uh, um, one month later, you do not know who this is. Uh, Felipe Lesniak. Oh my fucking god! What is wrong with you? How do you know that? Weird, mate. I'm weird. That's why. <laughs> that is impressive. That is, that, that, that is out. That's outstanding. <laughs> outstanding. That is outstanding. I've got a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> that is magni- that's a magnificent answer. All right, fine, good. Um, <laughs> wow. All right, five. Who scored more goals for Spurs, Andy Reid or Pascal Chimbonda? It's 
got to be Chimbonda, hasn't it? Chimbonda is correct. Three. Ah. Uh, R- Reed got one. Remember, Reed got an absolute pelter as well. It's fantastic. Was it a free kick? I'm it sure. It was a free kick. Yes. Don't get a bonus point for that. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, so that's what is that? Three, right? Three out of five. So doing well. Who did we sign Mido from? What side? What side did we sign Mido from? Mido. Is it a French side? No. You're gonna ah, fuck. You're going to have to guess then. Uh, Roma. Fucking hell. Shit, hell. <laughs> you having a lot. How can you go from, is it a French side to Roma? Because uh, I remember, he, I think he, I'm sure he played there, yeah. Roma. You didn't, you promised me you're not cheating. No, I, I shit you not, no. I'm All on right. my phone. All right, fine, fine. Uh, number seven, whilst not being on your phone, this doesn't mean you can't cheat. It's very easy to cheat while you're on your phone, but I do believe you. Whilst a Spurs player, how many goals did Jermaine Defoe score against Manchester United in 15 Premier League games? That's hard. That's really hard. I mean, you've got to be, you've got to be Rain Man to really know that. I can you? only think of one that he scored and that was over a kick. So I'm just going to go one. That's very unlucky. It's two, but oh. do you know what I mean? It's like it's kind of like you're doing so well that it's almost doesn't matter that you. That was a near miss. It's all right. I've got ma- massive respect for you, even though uh, you're three for seven. No, three for seven. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty uh, shit, then, really. Uh, no, you, st- you can still get six. Uh, against which team did Edgar David score his first and only goal for Spurs? Wigan. Correct. How was that was at the game. Was you? Thanks, Rick. Uh, can, <laughs> can, can, can you name two players to have played for Spurs who have the same surname in the Premier League era? Uh, right, so can you name two players that have played for Spurs during the Premier League era who have shared a surname? It could be any time both players played for Spurs and they have the same surname. Uh, Davis... Simon do you know what? Davis, do you know what? Short Davis. No, because they're two different types of Davis. I'm. I'm. There is what? a. Well, one's spelled D A V I S. Oh, one's D A V I E S. Simon Davis and Ben Davis. Yeah. So somehow I'm going to give you that because that isn't even the answer I've got, but it is correct. The answer I've got is Matt and Gary Ducky. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> but you got another answer that wasn't here, so fair play to you. Um. Who has more Twitter followers, Gareth Bale or Arsenal? Bale. Yes, Bale has 18.6 million and Arsenal has 16.8 million. And uh, Leo has followed that up with a comment, small time plebs. Um, Mate, that was really impressive, I've got to say. Like most people come in, they flounder around and they're not, they, they guess. And I think given the fact that you went so close with Defoe, you got six out of 10. But if you went so close with Defoe, that could have easily been yeah. seven, which would have been our top goal, top scorer, I think. I do, um, who, I'm trying to think who he scored that second goal against. Because I remember, I, I remember the what are you uh, saying? You you're it? saying the quiz is bullshit. Is that what you're getting at? That yeah, we, mate. Basically, that's basically what I'm getting at. Well, I'll tell you what. If you can find that out during when we're not recording, and you're you're correct that there is just one, then we'll give you the point, and you'll be what would that be? Seven. Seven, yeah. Seven is a strong, strong score. Sure, um, I've got, I've got my average, so I'll take that. Well, you didn't get it. You got six. 
Yeah, I'll said six or seven. All right, fair enough. That's fine, Ryan. And to be fair, you know, that sort of aggressive, bullish stance in, in getting on this quiz quite quickly uh, is well-deserved. And, and for that, I'll forgive you for calling me a shark nonce. That's well-deserved. Um, I had to get your attention somehow, didn't I? That's it, mate. You've, and you, you very much did. Um, I would say that there is, I think there's some sort of playoff between the fraud that is Jimmy Riggle and Ryan. Yes. To find out who is Billy Big Bollock. So if you listen to this, Jimmy, come come out from under your rock, your coward's rock, and play the proper quiz against Ryan. How about that? He's hiding. He is hiding. He's he's hiding. (laughs) Ryan, you've been an absolute ledge, mate. Uh, Thank you so much for getting involved, for sending in the DM and uh, taking part, because that was a wonderful, wonderful effort. And um, thank yeah, you very much. Let's see if Jimmy Riggle wants his heat. I don't think he does personally. Oh, no, absolutely, he clearly doesn't. I know the guy. He doesn't want it. Um, <laughs> all right. On that note, Jack, want to thank thanks thank you so much for for coming on, talking about Spurs wipe. Go and watch Spurs wipe twenty twenty. It's a great way to spend an hour, especially if you're a Spurs fan. But even if you're not, uh, and also go and listen to Rule the Roost. Thanks a lot, mate. You Thank might. you. Thanks for having me. All right, cool. Yeah, no worries. And uh, Rick. Yes, mate. I'll speak to you soon, pal. Speak to you in a bit, bruv. Come on, you Spurs. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel shirt. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. 
even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.